Hi, this is Mark. I'm one of the senior pastors from Hope Church Malmesbury. I want to personally thank you for downloading or listening online to this sermon cast from Hope Church. We, we share these messages because they really spoke to us. We value their, their content and uh, the anointing that's upon them. And I pray that they bring a fresh revelation of God's love for you today. And if you're able to support the work of Hope Church and the cost of sharing these messages online, then you can go to our website, www.thehope.church give and follow the instructions on that page. And if you're every mum's on a Sunday morning, you will always receive a very warm welcome at Hope Church. And now, let's join today's message. Hello and welcome back to Hope Church Online here up in the ISS Space Station for another out of this world online experience here at Hope Church. I'm so glad that you could join us here today. And before we start, just got some of those important notices that I know that you just can't wait to hear. Um, <laughs> I know what's coming next. Okay, sorry. Try again. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a millionaire, just like my father. He always wanted to be a millionaire as well. But actually, I'm, I'm not very happy. I paid a carpenter loads of money to make us a bed. And he's done a bunk. I'm praying that he'll come back and fix it. I'm asking for divan intervention. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Phone call. Hello? Hello? What? <laughs> they're saying I won, I won a competition. What? I've, I've, I've got two prizes, choice of two prizes. One, the one prize is, is a £250 cash prize or or two tickets to an Elvis tribute night act. Right, I've got to choose. They said, I've got to, got to press one for the money or two for the show. <laughs> or maybe I'll just end the call. Wow. Okay, so today's message is called don't discount the downstream. Don't discount the downstream. See, the downstream is what happens later. If you drop drop a stick off a bridge over a river, yeah, it floats downstream. If you spill pollution into a river, it affects the plants, the animals who live downstream. If you go to the gym or go out for a jog or go out for a walk to get some exercise, you won't look any different if you check your, your abs in the mirror the moment you get home. But if you do it every day, and then after a couple of weeks, then you will be able to see a difference in the mirror. You do exercise today, but later, downstream, you'll see the benefits. Don't discount the downstream. Just because you can't see the effects of what you're doing today, straight away. Now, last week I met up with an old uh, school friend. He was one of my best friends uh, at, in the sixth form at school. We hadn't spoken since we left school aged about 18. I remember when we were at school, I'd invite him to a couple of Christian events and come on to the CU at school, and he'd always politely declined. But, you know, I invited him anyway. See, you mustn't discount the downstream. You don't know what will happen later as a result of what you do and say today. Well, anyway, our ways parted. He went off to university, and it turns out his roommate was a Christian. He would invite him to church things and stuff. And he met a girl at uni. They fell in love and they got married. And you know what? 15 years ago, she became a Christian. And my friend, two years ago, 
he became a Christian. See, don't discount the downstream. You've no idea what might happen later because of what you do and say today, even if it feels really inconsequential. Today we're going to look at the story of a man from Bethlehem, a redeemer who showed God's love and care wasn't just for the Jews in Israel, but he was in fact for everyone. Someone who not only did the right thing, but did it the right way. He cared for the widows, he cared for the vulnerable. Today we're going to be talking about Boaz. Who thought I was going to say Jesus? (laughs) Well, today is also about Jesus, because every sermon should be about Jesus. But Boaz, Boaz is a a signpost, a a model, a a type that, that points to Jesus, who is another redeemer who came from Bethlehem about a thousand years after Boaz lived. So we're going to continue our slow walk through the book of Luke. And we're still in Jesus's family tree as we record um, what was said in Luke chapter three. Last week, Lydia looked at David. Yeah, verse 32. David was the son of Jesse. Jesse was the son of Obed. Obed was the son of Boaz and Boaz was the son of Salmon. Boaz is the great grandfather of David. And his story, Boaz's story, is told in the book in the Bible called Ruth. So let me set the background for you. It is the time of the judges. Okay, there is famine in Israel. So a man from Bethlehem called Elimelech, he went with his wife Naomi and their two sons to live in the land of Moab, which is on the far side of the Dead Sea to the east of uh, Judah. They settled there, their sons grew, they got married. Elimelech then died and 10 years later, his two sons died as well without ever having any children of their own, leaving Naomi and her two daughters-in-law with no means of support in a foreign land. So Naomi planned to return back to the other side of the Dead Sea to Israel because she'd heard that the harvests had recovered again. And one of her two daughters-in-law insists on coming with her, and her name is Ruth. We read about this in Ruth chapter 1. It goes like this. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law Ruth, the young Moabite woman. They arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick the stalks of green that have been left behind by anyone who's kind enough to let me do it. So Naomi replies, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. As it happened, right? (laughs) That's Bible speak for God being in control. Okay, it's not a coincidence. It's a God incidence. You need to watch out in your life for the as it happened moments. Recognize when God is moving in your life. Continuing to read in Ruth chapter 2. So while she was there, Boaz, he arrived from Bethlehem and he greeted the harvesters. He said, the Lord be with you, he said, and the Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. So Boaz asked the foreman, he said, who's that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, she's the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. 
She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters, and she's been hard at work ever since, except for a few moments rest in the shelter. You see, the law of Moses provided a means for the poor and for visitors in the land to get grain for food that's been left over during the harvest. It says in Leviticus, when you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the very edges of the field. And do not pick up what the harvesters have dropped. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners who live among you, because I am the Lord your God. You see, but Boaz, he goes a bit further than that law really requires. Boaz went over and he said to Ruth, reading again from Ruth chapter 2, Listen, my daughter, he says, stay right here with us when you are gathering grain. Don't go into any of the other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and follow them. I've warmed, I've warmed, I've warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you're thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Well, Ruth, she fell to her knees and she thanked him warmly. He says, what have I done to deserve such kindness? She asked, I'm only a foreigner. Well, yes, I know, Boaz replied. But I also know about everything that you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and your mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. Well, may the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wing you've come to take refuge, may he reward you fully for what you have done. So when Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, said, let her gather grain among the sheaves. Don't don't stop her. And actually pull some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her to pick up. Let her pick them up. And don't give her a hard time. You see, Boaz, he could have simply obeyed the letter of the law, let Ruth pick up the leftovers and the scraps. You know, but but he does more than the minimum. He saw the moral obligation of the law, not as a a target that he should strive to hit, but actually as a a minimum standard of behaviour. You know, the law is, is the least you should do. Jesus makes the same point when he challenges the crowd who had come to hear him preach about their attitude to the Lord during the Sermon on the Mount. He he says things like, he's not just killing or adultery that's bad, but even wanting to do them, imagining it in your mind, it's just as wrong. See, the minimum of standard behaviour is not to kill people. Yeah, that's that's the least you could do. But actually, anger and hatred and insults, they are all also sin in God's eyes. Don't be a least you could do kind of a person no one wants to be married to someone who only commits the minimum amount necessary to the relationship no one wants to work with anyone whoever does the minimum amount of work necessary not to get shouted at friends don't want you to be a least you could do kind of a friend and Jesus doesn't want us to be least we could do kind of disciples in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's Gospel Jesus says if a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile well carry it two miles Give to those who ask. Don't turn away those people who want to borrow from you. You have heard that the law says, love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and to the good. And he sends his rain on the just and on the unjust alike. If you only love those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do as much as that if you're kind only to your friends you're no different from anyone else even the pagans do that but you are to be perfect 
even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Yeah, stuff, strong words there from, from Jesus. And Boaz was not a least you can do sort of guy. He commands his people not only to let Ruth pick up the scraps from the edge of the barley field, as the law commands, but he says he should, she should be allowed to pick from the best of the crop in amongst the harvesters. And they should deliberately drop heads of barley for Ruth to pick up as she followed along behind them. You know, don't discount the downstream. You've no idea of the impact of your acts of kindness will have in the future. Now, having seen how honourable a man, the, how kind a man that Boaz is, Naomi, she starts to play matchmaker. And she advises Ruth to let Boaz know that she would be open to a marriage proposal. As a relative of a widow with no children, Boaz could take Ruth to be his wife, not only to protect her, but to provide for her and to give her children and to preserve her family's inheritance. And reading on the book of Ruth, there's this sweet little scene where Boaz, he's asleep on side, outside on the threshing floor um, because all the barley harvest will be piled up there. So this was to kind of protect it from thieves. That's why he sleeps outside. But Ruth, she sneaks up, okay, uh, while he's asleep and she takes the corner of his blanket and uncovers his feet and then she falls asleep right there beside him. Now, sometime later in the night, Boaz wakes up. Why? Because he's got chilly feet, right? He wakes up, he's got chilly toes. And when he reaches down to sort out his blanket, he finds there this woman there asleep at his feet. Now, there's, a, there's an ancient Jewish metaphor, this, this image we see in biblical prophecy, that to extend the corner of your blanket over someone means you're going to protect them or even uh, going to want to marry them. In fact, this turns up in Ezekiel chapter 16. There's a prophetic picture of God extending the corner of his garments over his bride, Israel. So Boaz, he, he leans up, he's asleep, he, he, he blurry-eyed, he's woken up because he's got chilly toes. And he reaches down, he picks up the corner of his blanket in order to recover his chilly toes. And Ruth says, well, why don't you spread the corner of your blanket over me? Because you're my family redeemer. Since you're holding your blanket anyway, just cover me over too she's saying she's open to a proposal of marriage it's you know it's completely innocent so in the ancient jewish tradition the kinsman redeemer they, this is a relative who can step in that can buy back property um, that's been taken away to restore stuff in jubilee they can marry a widow who's got no other means of support and preserve the dead man's family line and inheritance but more than that, the law of Moses, it laid out the order in which relatives could be the redeemer. Yeah, first, it would be the, the brother of the dead man, then the uncles, then the cousins and so on. And Boaz, he says, well, actually, there's, there's someone who would be before me in line to be Ruth and Naomi's redeemer. So he says, I've got to speak to this man first. You see, it's not enough just to do the right thing. It must also be done in the right way. It's a good thing for Boaz to offer to care for Ruth, and by implication her mother-in-law Naomi, but he also wants to honour the process, to do the right thing in the right way, and not take another man's right to be the redeemer. So the next day we find Boaz taking his seat at the town gate in Ruth chapter 4. It goes like this. So Boaz, he went to the town gate and he took his seat there. And just then the family redeemer who had been mentioned, he came by. So Boaz calls out to him. He says, come over here, friend. Sit down. I want to talk to you. So they sat down together and Boaz, then he called together 10 leaders from the town and he asked them to sit as witnesses. 
Then Boaz, he said to this other family redeemer, he says, you know Naomi, who came back from Moab. She is selling the land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. I thought I should speak to you about it so that you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I'm the next in line to redeem after you. So then the man replied, I said, okay, well, I'll redeem it. Then Boaz says, well, of course, your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth, the Moabite widow. That way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. Ah, well, (laughs) well, then I can't redeem it, the the family redeemer said, because it will endanger my own estate. You redeem the land, I can't do it. He was happy to buy the field, but he didn't want to care for the women as well. See, Boaz, he did the right thing and he did it the right way. He checked with a closer relative who was unwilling to marry Ruth. So the way was clear for Boaz to do it with honour and a clear conscience. You know, good men and women of God, they fall into temptation. They ruin their calling. They destroy their families. They uh, fail their businesses when they're tempted to take shortcuts and compromises because they're trying to do the right thing, maybe in the wrong way. Yeah, it's, it's good to marry, but it's not good to sleep with your fiancé before you're married. It's good to give money to the church, but not if that money was earned by avoiding paying your taxes. See, the ends do not justify the means. When we take shortcuts, when we knowingly decide to sin because we want to do it anyway, even though we know it's wrong, when we're pretending that there's no consequences downstream, but there always are, even if it might take months or years before we have to deal with them. You know, don't discount the downstream. Do the right thing the right way. So Boaz took Ruth into his home and she became his wife. And when he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant. She gave birth to a son. And then the women of the town said to Naomi, well, praise the Lord who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you. And it's been better to you than seven sons. So Naomi took the baby and she cuddled him to her breast. And she cared for him as if he were her own son. And the neighbour women said, now at last Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed. And he became the father of Jesse, the grandfather of David. You know, little did Boaz know that his son would be grandfather of the greatest king of Israel that there ever was. A man after God's own heart, as Lydia told us all about last week. Little did Boaz know that his great, 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 great grandson would be the Messiah who would come and be the ultimate perfect redeemer of Israel and all the peoples of the earth. You see, you have no idea. You cannot imagine what will happen downstream when we do the right thing today the results of what we do in God's hands is more than we could ever possibly imagine so don't discount the downstream it's as hard as it is to do the right thing today it might be don't discount the downstream blessings it will unlock persevere do the right thing the right way anyway don't discount the downstream as inconsequential it may appear to be the thing that you're doing today you've got no idea what its impact will be for you for your family or for some stranger that you've never met Boaz 
was the redeemer from Bethlehem. He saved Ruth and Naomi, one woman from Judah, the other a Gentile from Moab. A redeemer, he saved them both. Jesus, the redeemer from Bethlehem, who did not come only to save the Jewish nation, but those outside as well, as Paul writes in Romans. I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work to save everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. You know, Boaz brought good news to Ruth and Naomi. He saved them out of their dire situation. He became the one responsible for their protection and for their provision. And the good news about Christ is the power of God at work to save everyone who believes in him, to save us from the consequences of sin, to save us from the legacy of our bad decisions, to save us from hopelessness into hope, from being alone into being part of of a family. You know, God loves you and he wants you to be a part of his family. And the invitation is there and it's open to everyone, but you do need to accept it. You do need to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Lord God, I pray that you would bless everyone who's watching right now. Bless them, Lord God, and their family with long and healthy lives. Lord God, I pray that you would make yourself real to them. Do a quick work in their heart. If they've never received you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that they would do so right now. Now, if you want to get right with God today, you can do it right now and it only takes a moment. Just say this prayer with me. Say it in your heart. Say it out loud with your lips. The words will come up on the screen. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that you've risen from the dead, that you're coming back again for me. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me and set me free. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost, a hunger for the things of God and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven because I've got Jesus in my heart. Amen. Well, my friend, I tell you, if you prayed this prayer with me today, all of your sins are forgiven. Always remember to run towards God and not away from God because he loves you. He's got a great plan for your life. If you prayed this prayer with me today, please just click that button on the screen to raise your hand to let us know that you've decided to make Jesus the Lord of your life, to set your eternal destination to be heaven. Well, thank you for joining us at at Hope Church Online today. We're going to be here every week until we finally get to meet again in person. I'm going to close this part of the service right now. The chat room is going to remain open. If you want to pray with a member of the team, just click that request prayer button. We're going to continue to pray for you in the weeks ahead. Thank you for your prayers, for us, for your faithful financial support. You know, God sees every seed that you sow, and the Bible says it will yield a harvest. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. You know, our midweek events are on Facebook, on YouTube. We've got communion on the couch with me and Lydia on Monday at 7.30 in the Hope Church Family Facebook group. Words of Hope, the Bible study with the ladies who lead. It's at 10 o'clock Tuesday morning. And the Wednesday evening centre online, 7.30 on Zoom. Just see the Facebook or the emails with the, with the link that you need to use. But it's the same link as last week, so we're not using the same link every week just to make it easier for Wednesday nights. doesn't matter if you've missed previous weeks. Feel free to come along, join in. We'll watch a video together. We'll spend some time chatting, catching up, and praying for each other in small groups. Until then... 
be good, be happy, be healthy, be holy. And we'll see you all next week. Bye for now.